0: Welcome to the Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I'm still deciding if I want to have sex with the vampire or have sex with the druid in bear form, but we'll see. And this week, I'm joined by my co-host friend and the man I'm going to say, uh, roll for initiative, Jesse. How you doing, Jesse?
1: I'm good. See. Usually when you've told me that in the past, it means something bad's about to happen. So I'm a little concerned.
0: I mean, it's not my fault. Sometimes you guys decide to go into locations or uh, situations based on your own choices. I can't help it. I'm just the guiding force. And sometimes we play on Cinco de
1: Mayo and some party members are having margaritas and decide to crawl out a window
0: during a battle. (laughs) Oh, geez. Um But yeah, so uh, Jesse and I are going to be talking, or mostly I'm going to be talking about I think Jesse's going to have a bit more of an outside opinion. uh, It's kind of what we've talked about. Because uh, I have sunk uh, close to 40 hours of my life into a video game that only came out about uh, almost a week ago at this point. So... Yeah, those sound like rookie numbers. (laughs) Well... I, uh, unfortunately, um, I had downloaded the, I downloaded the pre-release edition where they were like kind of beta testing and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And so they recommended that you delete all of your save files from that, uh, pre-release edition and then re-download it or uninstall it, then re-download it. And so I spent an entire day and a half redownloading it verifying it, it then not booting up then having to do that all over again so like i've only actually had the game for like hmm, four days i think is the total so so not a full week not a full week i haven't had it for a full week but it's been released since august 3rd officially okay okay
1: i'm just saying to keep your reputation up on steam those those numbers need <laughs> to
0: improve so yeah fair (laughs) looking out for you (laughs) but just to be to be clear what we're going to talk about today is Baldur's Gate 3 which has just been recently released Um, it is receiving wide critical acclaim fans uh, seem to be loving it there's a lot of news about it in the uh, sphere of media and developments from other game companies we'll touch on too and then just Kind of my overall impressions of the game so far after playing 40 hours and, you know, what's gone into that and we'll discuss a little bit more. Um, I'm not going to get too spoilery into this uh, review of any of the things. I'm not going to talk about like storylines and stuff. I'm going to touch on some broader things or if I do, it's going to be on things that are pretty easy to figure out based on the fact it's a d and game. Um, so, you know
1: yeah well i mean you haven't logged as many hours as other people so how many spoilers could you possibly have anyway
0: <clears throat> uh, i mean yeah that's
1: very fair <laughs> so but no no uh don't spoil anything for me or the audience who may play this game someday please
0: yeah so where do you want to start jesse you want to start on the review side of it do you want to talk about Baldur's gate the like the game franchise do you want to talk about the kind of the development or, like the larger media spin on the game. So, why don't you provide a little background on the
1: franchise as a whole for people like me who just found out that this existed about a week or two ago?
0: <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Boulder's Gate is a video game, it is a role playing game, a CRPG or a computer role playing game is like the genre where pretty much you take control over a party of characters. Uh, They are able to go around and do stuff. They kind of, this game, as well as the, some of the previous iterations of Baldur's Gate are based around or inside Dungeons and Dragons universe. So they even use like the rules from these, they even use the rules from these. The series first made its debut in 1998 uh, with the, uh, made his first debut in 1998 with the title Baldur's Gate um, for Windows and Mac. And a little-known company, maybe Jesse, you've heard of them, uh, was the ones that pioneered this, uh, BioWare. This is one of the only facts I know about
1: this franchise from my 10 minutes of research. Yeah.
0: So, BioWare of Mass Effect, Dragon Age fame, um, they they were the ones who kind of started this uh franchise out with being able to put together this very role play heavy game uh you do see a lot of those elements from taking from you know the pen and paper D&D role playing system to this and then subsequently you see that then brought into their games of mass effect and dragon age where you have those role plays how you have the classes it's tactical um Semi-turn-based, uh, those types of things, you can see those iterations that later came from them doing these things in Baldur's Gate uh, to start out with. So, and like an emphasis on stories and characters and a lot of that started out in Baldur's Gate and kind of evolved into later. So you had said that this was a C
1: RPG rather than just say, a traditional RPG type video
0: game. So explain to me what the key
1: difference is between those two things.
0: Yeah, so a CRPG is... So... How to best describe this? That's a good question. Explain it to me like I'm five. (laughs) Yeah, so the C in CRPG just stands for computer, which just means that you play it on some sort of platform in a very specific type way. It is not like your... Swotors and stuff like that, uh, or anything along those lines where your characters are kind of framed differently. It's like a three. It's a above isometric kind of look. So you're looking down at a slight angle at your characters. You move them around the world. It isn't like a first person RPG or like a third person. It is very high up. You're kind of above everybody else. And then you interact in the world. And usually there's like a dice mechanic and stats that go along with that less of the you know oh i'm just going to be able to hit somebody harder with my sword type thing it's much more dice related so it's it sounds
1: kind of like a dungeon crawler which i would presume is attributed to its D based origins
0: yeah it's yeah dungeon Crawlers is a kind of a way to describe it there's i feel like dungeon crawlers might have some sort of uh narrative or maybe not emphasize the narrative as much or the role-playing aspects like this game is supposed to be you make a character and you role-play and the world is supposed to have lots of decisions that you can make uh when we touch on that here in a second when i talk about the actual game but Mm -hmm. you can like make a lot of decisions you can have entire pathways cut off you can decide to like um piss off certain party members again like this is you see these types of same like i say these things and they're not very revolutionary Mm -hmm. uh because so many of our games nowadays have like mechanics like you know good and evil mechanics uh party relationship mechanics those types of things But like this was a big part of the role playing games of that early to late, you know, 90s, 2000s era stuff. Okay, I just thought it'd be good
1: to have a little context before Mm -hmm. we dove into the game. So now that we've laid the groundwork, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And another way to kind of think about it is, is that the way you kind of look at it is if you were actually like sitting at a table and there was. Uh, like somebody had drawn out a map, and you're moving models around that map. Mm-hmm. That's kind of another way to think about like the, one of the big differences between a C RPGs that you're not at that third person or first person view. You're at you're above looking down at things. So,
1: so essentially, if you don't have a D and D game going on with friends, this is an alternative for you to pick up if you're looking for a comparable experience.
0: Yes, absolutely. Cool. Gotcha except you control everybody and you can make them kiss as much as you want. That's... <laughs> you perverts. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And to be clear, this system or like this type of game isn't, hasn't been really dead. Like uh, fallout, for example, started out as a system like this before it went to that first person with like fallout three, um, Star Wars, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, Dragon Age, those are still kind of in those veins. And there has still been a lot of these types of games that have come out. Uh, for example, uh, Wasteland, which was from the people that made the original Fallout. So they kind of went back to that type of look. Uh, Path of Exiles, uh, Pillars of Eternity. Uh, These are all games that are, and then Divinity Original Sin 2 and Divinity Original Sin, like all these games are still in the vein of that and are all pretty uh, extensive fun and interesting um, to play and they all kind of have the same feel as this. So this isn't to say that this genre is like, has died and now this studio has brought it back in any way. That's not what we're saying. Uh, Leary and Steerwood East studio they, they've they actually been producing games very similar to this for quite some time. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. But, uh, Baldur's Gate, like I said, 1998, started out with Bioware. Bioware built this. They did uh, some expansions. They did Baldur's Gate 2, which was critically acclaimed in the early 2000s. Everyone really loves that. They have been a bunch of Lovable characters in there. And then, kind of, what happened was that there was like a bunch of other Baldur's Gates because the, you know, obviously the title Baldur's Gate, people are like, oh, we need to, well, let's keep doing Baldur's Gate stuff. It'll be great. Uh, and so there was like Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which was not, uh, which was an action role playing game, which is hmm. not what the start was. That, you know, is more swashbuckly sword play and stuff like that sure and then the last one and you're kind of being like wow like that's boulders gate 2 that came out in 2001 or 2000 and then the expansion came out in 2001 like that that that's like almost you know 22 years between boulder gate 2 and boulders gate 3 it's kind of a long time
1: yeah that surpasses even the
0: time between Witcher 2 and Witcher 3. <laughs> yeah, so there's been a few other D&D Baldur's Gate games in between there, but and they they even came out with like uh an enhanced uh edition uh for like the iPad which I played which was fun. But the reason it's kind of come back is that the studio uh Larian they're from Belgium. Hmm. Um Belgium, well, our friends from that part of the world seem to have a pretty good grasp
1: on fantasy role-playing games
0: yeah and they're pretty great they actually came out with the uh divinity um games and Mm -hmm. like divinity original sin crpg game that i referenced earlier and it was phenomenal it was a pretty great kickstarter campaign they were able to do a lot of stuff they had a pretty fun game that i actually played called uh divinity dragon commander where Mm -hmm. it was it's a really weird game so it's a mix of a strategy game but it also has role-playing game parts to it uh you can like marry uh like an undead girl and then you can make her alive again and the undead faction in the game gets mad at you for doing that and then you can sacrifice her to your giant warship to gain more power and they actually i think they become happy that you do that because then she's dead again um, and you also get to fly around in like and then there's also like uh strategy elements like uh, Age of Empires or stuff like that where you can control units on a board or you can transform to a giant dragon with the jetpack and blast things out of the air with your dragon breath. So it's a very weird game.
1: <laughs> it sounds like a strange dream I've had before.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting world that they built the divinity world. Uh, there's also some other games that came out before that, but that was the one I got really hooked into because I think I saw a uh, i listened to a co-optional podcast where um total biscuit and like jesse cox and a a dodger and a few others used to do like these video game people used to do a podcast and i think it was total biscuit talking about it and it sounded really fun so i was like let's pick it up and then they did divinity original sin which was a turn-based role-playing game very set in this computer role-playing world and they were able to produce it it was really fun a lot of people liked it and then they came out with divinity original sin 2 and it was just crazy the amount of things you could do and the like there's just ridiculous bonkers stuff like the mechanics they put in there in this game is that you can Uh, There's like one particular chest that you can like fill up with a bunch of weight or like a bunch of things and it won't destroy this one particular chest in the entire game. And then you can levitate that chest into the air and then you can drop that chest on top of people and do like a bunch of damage because the game's mechanics actually calculates the weight of the chest and how far it dropped and like takes all of that into consideration. And then that's like it does the damage off of that. And that's like something people figured out. The game doesn't tell you to do that. People just were able to use the mechanics that the game designers put into the game to be able to do these things. There's also some like crazy interactions that if you like throw water on the ground and then use like a lightning spell, it will shock for more damage because they're all wet. Hmm. And well, that sounds very practical. Right. And, and that's the thing. That's what was like uh, very defining about this video game is that people were like oh wow like this is really cool and that's like that makes sense and the like there's certain like interactions that i think if it's trying it's been so long i'm pretty sure if you like use poison on undead it's like heals them opposed to doesn't doing damage on them and so you can do like these crazy builds where you can play a necromancer type guy where you're just throwing out poison and healing yourself but also damaging everybody else and Just a very mechanically interesting game. So when everyone found out that they were going to be doing Baldur's Gate 3, everyone was stoked. So excited because it's been over 20 years since we had a Baldur's Gate game. This is the company that took the idea of that role-playing system and really enhanced it to, you know, eleven. And they were going to be bringing a beloved classic to the modern era and adding their sensibilities of programming and design to the game and bringing in the fifth edition rules of D&D. Because the original Baldur's Gate, I think, was based off of Enhanced um, Edition. So it was pretty old. Yeah. Well, sounds like people had a good reason to be excited. (laughs) So... They announced to do. They would. They announced Baldur's Gate that they were going to do it, and then it's been pretty much in development and early access for a very long time. Um, uh, so they released it into early access in October of 2020. So it's been in early access for over close to over three years now. Wow, that's a long cycle. And. Which, yeah, very, just an incredibly long cycle for the game to be in development. But they were doing something that a lot of other companies are kind of, again, it seems like they've cared and put forth this effort, and they listened to the fans. They were taking, like, issues or problems people were having or mechanics, and they actually spent time to try to refine and develop and make it worth playing and be invested in and that's why it took three years for them to do it
1: <laughs> well generally these are things that you care about when you're playing a game of this type at least i
0: do that's kind of what's going on there and with the release of Baldur's gate 3 uh the internet has pretty much been like best role playing game ever that's just the best type of crpg it is crazy uh concurrent players on steam um uh, on sunday was 800 uh, 800,000 so that sh- is pretty freaking big when we're talking people actively people all playing it at the same time. Other games are like Counter-Strike, Dota 2, PUBG, and Apex Legends. All (laughs) games that are like massive multiplayer games. Well, that's pretty impressive, right? Oh, yeah. When you're talking that like rivals like single player games of like Cyberpunk, Elden Ring, Hogwarts Legacy, like these other really big games that we've had come out recently that's like the level we're talking about here that like people were into this people were playing it and i think even the how to say this the of people playing it all at once in a game like this is pretty indicative of a very high quality
1: usually with these types of numbers you expect to see it for a massive franchise like call of duty or you know something in that vein but Just because the game is super popular and a lot of people are playing it, that doesn't always indicate the level of quality of the game itself. At least that's what we Americans are used to anyway. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't sound like that's the case here.
0: No, I think that's it's the quality of game here is very indicative of the time and effort they spent into making into the years of development that this has been going on. Like they really do care about how this game has developed and what they've done with it just shows so much. Okay.
1: Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about it then? What's, uh, what's all the hype?
0: Yeah. So one, I think the fact is that, again, it's a classic game. They're bringing it forward. It's a really great development studio. But the fact that the early access really was something you could play and get into and start seeing the mechanics really showcased what they were going for. And it was a high quality piece of game. Like the mechanics. Sorry. Okay. Let me, this is not a perfect game. I'm going to start by saying that I am not an i I'm not going to be an overt fanboy of it. I'm going to tell you at the start, this game has problems. It does. Uh, Damn it, we were so close to the first perfect game. I know. Uh, This game has problems. It does. It does. There are super obtuse processes that are happening in this game. There are certain... There are mechanics in this game that aren't very clear. And if you aren't paying attention, can royally fuck you. Uh
1: not in the way that you would enjoy, it sounds like.
0: No, not not at all. <laughs> it is, there's legitimately times where I've been playing this game and I've clicked on one thing and all of a sudden, I, you know, three of my characters are dead because I slightly misclicked on something or part of the UCI got in the way and it caused me to click on something just ever so. And then, boom all my parties dead wonderful (laughs) yay i've run into that a few times in my day so like that's kind of a downside also uh it definitely has quite a few bugs in it i got into i had to restart my game three times because the uh user interface would not load Uh, For a particular section. It just wouldn't load. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do combat. It would just sit there. And not do a single thing. And it was very. Very frustrating.
1: Yeah I mean. Generally when you pay. For a new game. You would like to be able to play it. (laughs) When you boot it up. So yeah. So so tell me this because with a lot of new modern games you that are, you know, of this magnitude in terms of the scale and the scope and just how, you know, large the world that you exist in is, you see a lot of these games that are released unfinished, buggy that require almost an immediate patch in order to just play the game that you just paid full price for so is that what's happening here is that they just released an unfinished game or are there just some imperfections because of the massive challenge that they took on to try and create something like this
0: so yeah i cannot to to be clear i might have poo-pooed the game a little bit there sure But, but the fact is is that this is scoring uh nine out of ten on steam uh four out of five on gog uh 93 on google like the metacritic scores are crazy high this is a good game i cannot stress how much you should buy this game it is amazing these issues that i'm talking about are because of the scale of this game that there are problems going on because of just how much they're doing in it. And I think that's perfectly fine. This isn't a company that is going to just go, cool, we release this piece of crap to you and we're not going to touch it. No, they are going to spend the time and effort and get this game working for us. And I can't wait. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. That's great, man. I thought it was important to clarify
1: because (laughs) Like I said, you so often hear about games that require or they're just broken, essentially, on launch. And when you were talking about issues and having to restart your game uh, three times, that kind of sounds similar, but it doesn't seem like it's the same thing here.
0: No, I don't think so. I think it is something that is very, um, how to say this, it is something that is this saying those negative things is pointing out that this is not a perfect game and acknowledging that so the haters out there on the internet won't be like you didn't know you didn't talk about how it was doing this bad thing or whatever like my game was actually much worse because of this so that's that's my big thing is that it's that just to acknowledge people are going to be shitty about it <laughs> sure
1: well and yeah i'm sure some people will experience that and just immediately write a bad review on google or metacritic or wherever
0: right and i was going through the steam reviews and that's the thing like some people are like oh the inventory management's terrible and i was like it's not the best in the world but also it's actually kind of makes sense like it is not totally flawed it makes sense so you just have to understand that and respect the fact that it is a kind of an older game and has a bit of a different uh process of how it works that's all
1: sure i've never played an rpg with perfect inventory management so
0: <laughs> show
1: me that holy grail of <laughs> rpgs you uh
0: you cranky douchebag but uh yeah, yeah. go ahead but that's the like big thing right it is something that is fun to play it has got a lot of great mechanics it is like kind of pulling out a DD campaign and playing just by yourself um it you get to pick your character you get to pick how your character looks you get to pick your class uh all the things that you would do that we've that you know i've done with you guys at a DD table you get to do in this game now there's some slight tweaks to make it kind of function slightly differently but it is just like playing a D&D game and it is truly fun to play. Well that's good. So what about it
1: is appealing to you both from a very well traveled d and player but also someone who is experienced with uh, video game RPGs.
0: I think it's the the characters are very fascinating. Um, they done a, I think they've done a good job in the Baldur's Gate world of building up these like larger than life characters. They're very interesting, fun to play with, you know, kind of kooky, kind of mm-hmm. zany, but also like keeping it lighthearted, keeping dark elements. It does a really good blend of making it feel like this is a well-written d campaign. And then I can go out there and do the really dumb, goofy things that, you know, real people in D&D campaigns would do and seeing what the outcomes are like and you know fortunately enough i can uh yeah i'm not i'm not above saying i've um you know save scummed before uh with this game but i have just because it is sometimes uh you know you you go into a thing you're like oh cool all i need to do is roll you know a two on this uh skill check i can definitely do that and then the little dice roll, and then it goes, hey, guess what? F you. And you're like, oh, that's a a, a, a natural one. I just fail. Great. <laughs> so, so much fun. Wow.
1: I have been in a few d games with you that you were running where the rolling was not going super great. So can <laughs>
0: uh, confirm not super. So, I mean, that's like the that's kind of like one of the big fun things is that it is truly uh it, it's it is it does feel like dd sometimes where you're saying they're like oh i've got this in the bag no problem no worries and then you're like oh cool that didn't work out <laughs> at all right yeah
1: <laughs> been there uh mostly for my time is trying to play as a bard but uh i just think i'm not well suited for that class so that was my bad from the get-go
0: i mean that's actually funny you say that because i actually have uh i've done an entire D &D campaign or i did an entire i started wow it's funny you say that because i started a playthrough as a bard and at first i thought man i suck i just simply Am clearly playing this game wrong because every role I was doing was failing. Every combat action I was doing terrible in. Like my bard couldn't hit a broadside of a barn with weapons, spells, anything. Like even throwing vicious mockery. Vicious mockery was like consistently failing. Like (laughs) consistently failing. And I'm like, that's really weird. I like set this up as like like as they intended. They like said like this is a good. Like they give you a suggestion, which is nice. You can click on that and it tells you like a good build for the class you're doing. And they like allocate the points for you in a good way. And I was like, okay. And so I played through a while and I was just like, man, I must've fucked up somewhere because I just, I'm sucking. Like this isn't fun. I've like, am failing charisma checks, which I shouldn't fail as a bard. Like I should just be winning. Like I, I, that's my entire thing is to bone the entire world like i shouldn't be failing charisma checks like this and i was i was just failing left right and center and i was getting so frustrated and so i started the game over i decided i wanted to be a sorcerer and then i got back into playing it and realized no the dice in this game just hate you so that's a fun realization yeah, no, it was super fun, super great. It was a wonderful, great time. Because um, I have played, just to kind of... Because I'm, you know, faithful
1: listeners, I am an outsider to all of this... Uh, <laughs> all, of, uh, all of this CRPG uh, spectacle that uh, M- Michael is describing here. <laughs> so my experience as an outsider... The, I can sort of try and relate to in this vein is playing like Dragon Age and it being pretty early in the game and exploring like one of the like first areas you have access to, thinking... I'm leveling up characters well, you know, assigning skill points correctly, you know, people are wearing and using what they should be for, like, armor and weapons, and then just getting totally wiped out in, like, one portion of the map and having to start over from, like, an hour prior to that. So, yeah, I, I can relate, even if it's not the same thing.
0: Yeah, and that was, like, my my kind of major frustration I was going through with this game of feeling like one of my characters uh, is a fighter. Their entire job is to hit things with a sword. Uh They've got, you know, better strength. They've got good proficiency in it. Literally one of these main characters that like as a party member that I had, she did not hit anything for the first five fights I had with her except the very initial one where I'm pretty sure they make everything much easier for you because it's like the tutorial area. Like she killed something with a sword and then proceeded to miss every single attack. And it gives you a nice little percentage roll like thing. It goes like, Hey, this person has like a, uh, an 80% to hit a 35, a 50. And then it kind of tells you, it, it, it vaguely tells you like, Oh, you know it's because they have disadvantage or they're muddy or some crap like that and you can click on the character and like see their armor class which is what you have to roll against and there's mechanics in there to tell you that but like you're like oh an 80 percent. well that's not so bad 80 percent's pretty high let me roll a dice oh they critically miss which meant they rolled a one right okay cool fine this other little brain, this intelligence eater that I have here, this random little brain dude. Let's let's see how you do. Oh, cool. You too have missed. <laughs> and you had a 33% chance. That kind of makes sense. We'll go for another round of combat. Person with a sword. Oh, an 80, 88% chance. Well, that kind of, that, that seems okay. Let's do that. Oh, you've missed again. How wonderful. Uh fantastic. Love that. Cool. Little brain devourer. You have a uh 30% chance to hit. Great, cool. Hits. Oh, all right. Fine. Fine. I see what's going on here. Cool, cool, cool. It's alright. I'm an adult. I can handle this. Another round of combat. Person with the sword. Entire job is to hit things. Let's do this. 88% chance. Great. Miss. Okay, cool. We're missing there again. Wonderful. Great, great, great. Love it. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> um little brain devourer. Let's go. 30% chance to hit. Fucking hits. Oh, cool. And then repeat that three or four times, and you're just like, I'm sorry. Why is the person with the giant sword whose entire job is to hit things with the sword, literally missing every one of her attacks? Mm-hmm. And the little brain devourer thing that has like a 30% chance to hit is just popping off.
1: So I'm hoping this little story is going to end with a reason for all this, because the way it's going leads me to believe that you wound up just rage quitting.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the story, Jesse. <laughs> so
1: I, I actually did not think that was going to be the case, but that's
0: no. Um, I I legitimately got so I mean... mad because I was just like, <laughs> I cl- I'm s- I, clearly I'm stuck in some sort of seed or like game, uh, like calculation or whatever that is just dictating that th- for whatever reason the dice rolls for her are bad right now. So I stopped the game, turned it off, walked away because I was so furious because it was just seven rounds of combat of this person whose entire job is to hit something with a sword missing every time and the little thing that's just hanging out with me who's not that actual good missed once and then got six attacks in and it's just like what is going on here
1: so let me ask you this for someone like me who is not super well versed in this genre of RPG and I'm sure people like me will hear about All the accolades being showered upon this game and think, you know, I'll give that a shot. Word of mouth sounds pretty good. And then if they start up this game and have an experience like this early on, do you think people are going to find enough in this game to convince them to stick with it or will they wind up just rage quitting and regretting even trying to uh, dive into this world?
0: I think they, if you stick with it and just accept the fact that you're going to roll badly and that you're not going to be successful in everything you do. Yes. Now, if you get like, there are, there is a system in the, that says, I don't actually believe them because I've you know streaks of bad luck seem to hit you like a ton of bricks in this game but there's a thing called karmic dice which are which is supposed to prevent you from getting strings of bad luck quote unquote is what the the little tab says i don't know if i maybe have it toggled weird or off or on or something like that and by mistake but it's a good game it 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 really Gets you involved and excited to play. Is it the most uh, easy entrance game? No. There is obscure, obtuse processes in this game. And if you don't like like fine print reading in your video games, if you just want to hit stuff with swords, this is not the game for you. This is not going to be the game for you. I cannot stress that enough. This will it's, not be the game for you. It's not going to be a button mashing,
1: hack and slash, swashbuckling type of adventure.
0: No, it is not going to be that. It's not going to be how fast can I hit the the buttons? No, it is going to be what is the precision? What is the exact uh, chain of events I need to do to make this system work? And this world that they've built is designed for you to break it in some ways. Like there's videos of people stacking. Uh, 40 crates on top of each other so they can like slowly maneuver one guy up there with the bow and arrow and rain death all- from above on other people because in this game if you have a height advantage you just get you know you're able to hit people better that's it just that simple um, and that's the rules of the game have been set is just that you get to hit people better if you're higher up than they are so
1: because you have the high ground like oh we want Nice. So I don't want to detract too far from what you have planned here, but I think that's an interesting point in that it sounds, and you alluded to this earlier, it sounds like you have the ability to manipulate the world to assist your characters, such as stacking crates. So how big of a portion of the game is that element?
0: That's as big as you want it to be there. I mean, that's <laughs> again. Yeah. Stacking crates. That could be like, you could go through the entire world, just stacking crates. And that's how you do every fight. There are literally people who have their entire inventory of all their people filled with crates. And then anywhere <laughs> they get someplace before the fight starts, they stack, they put one guy on a crate and stack him up and they put him up there. And then they start the battle. Like get up, if, get up high and shoot arrows and magic at them. Right. Yep. That's Yep, I mean, if you want it to be that or, you can kind of run in like a a, a a classic adventure RPG and just be like, okay, fighter up front, spellcaster in the back, uh, rogue running around stabbing people in kidneys. Super easy, super simple stuff. So if the I- world is your oyster, and y- you know your your involvement is what you want to make of it. So if I say I'm focusing on sort of.
1: player coach for one specific character and making sure they are using the abilities and powers that I want them to. And then maybe I'm trusting other characters in the party that they're going to do what they're supposed to do based on how they've been leveled up and equipped to this point. Would I be successful playing the game like that? Or is it going to bite me in the butt like immediately? (laughs)
0: I think, I think you'd be, you, you, you should be successful. Um, You should be successful. Uh, Will you be the most successful? Hard to say, but you (laughs) should be successful. But you could start the
1: game that way and sort of ease yourself into this idea of having, you know, Wizard of Oz, you know, guy behind the curtain power over basically every character and like, you know, different aspects of this world and such.
0: Oh, yeah, for
1: sure. Okay. So I think, based on what you're telling me, I think it will have some crossover appeal, especially with that strong word of mouth. I was just trying to get an idea. Because I have, I mean, even games like, say, Dragon Age Inquisition, which I have started campaigns for, gotten just completely wiped out early on in the game and walked away from it and did not return to it for a very long period of time. (laughs) And I would hate for that to happen to these developers because it sounds like they put a lot of time and care into this, but it sounded like it was a possibility just based on like the learning curve of all this.
0: Yeah. I think that there is definitely going, it's not like I said before, it is not the clearest, um, game when it comes to like telling you like oh this is how this mechanic works this is how you should do this mechanic um and unfortunately because of that unfortunately that's what's happening Mm -hmm. um but it is really fun to be able to do these things to be able to play this game um to like Learn how it's going, it does an okay job of explaining crap to you. Right. But you are going to have to read. I'm just letting you know now. You're going to have to read stuff and it teach you, you know, it's gonna be like, oh, this is how this is played and this is how this works and stuff. So on the flip side, there may be folks
1: who have been so turned off by modern gaming because of how carbon copy and simplistic everything seems to be to appease stockholders that they may find this to be more reminiscent of games they used to play like say back in the 90s or the early 2000s
0: yeah absolutely and in fact even the the ceo i think of the company uh when the whole like microsoft and blizzard and activision and the whole thing about them buying each other out and them becoming effectively a monopoly they're g- they're becoming a monopoly um yeah. which is you know should it is illegal but whatever in this country it's fine <laughs> corporations run everything uh it came out that they were actually uh lyrian was actually on like a short list of companies that they were going to talk about like buying and the ceo was just like i am getting older in years but i these are the types of games that i want to play, so these are the types of games I want to make. and they care more about the end result of the product they're putting out over the corporate overlord's greed for more money. This game came out. Uh, you you know you could buy it right now. you didn't have to do early access or anything else like that. Uh, you, could buy it it will be a full game for you there's no uh like free or like there's no crazy dlc that's going to make me have a better experience than you jesse there's no like day one uh hidden content because you didn't buy the specific fancy uh edition from you know gamestop or whatever not saying gamestop exists anymore but um in that sense but like there's no any of that craziness doesn't exist in this game right now and that's because they didn't want that to be a thing they specifically said we don't want that and they uh made it that way so that is
1: man that's music to my ears uh (laughs) real quickly about gamestop i went into a gamestop a month or two ago, after having not been in a brick and mortar game stop in a very long time, looking for like a PS3 late generation type game. Yeah, not only do they not have uh games in stock from that generation, they barely have a lot of the games that were released for, say, like PS4 and Xbox One anymore. <laughs> it is mostly toys and apparel and swag and then there's like a little corner of the store where they still sell actual video games so that company does not have the name that represents their business anymore in my opinion but that's okay because now they'll
0: never rip me off again so it works (laughs) out i mean that's fair um i think it's also notable to say that they've said like they aren't going to put microtransactions in this game either Like, that's a big thing that they were like, we, this is, it's just, we aren't going to do it. And the entire industry has been kind of like pushing back in the sense that they're like, Oh no, uh, you shouldn't expect this level of development out of AAA games (laughs) is what is being said. Like you shouldn't expect this level of customization. You shouldn't expect this type of world building. You shouldn't affect this type of story. Um, There's like beats in it that are uh, really emotional and like very cute. Um, There's in fact two companions or not companions camp followers, uh, buddies, camp buddies you can get that have like really interesting moments between the two of them. And it's really cute and wonderful. And it's admittedly two animals. So, you know, spoiler there. Sorry. But (laughs) It, it, it's, it's just interesting to see it's fun to be like oh look at this like story that they've put together they've made and how fun it is and that's the level of care that goes into small little moments that sometimes i feel like AAA games do not put forward
1: well they don't because they have adopted this model of not having to care so much about what fans think but more so what shareholders and such think and what they think is they want whatever is going to you know line their pockets you know the best so Mm -hmm. it's frustrating because for like an indie game it does not have a big studio behind it if it's you know a game that has you know some issues when it comes out, but it's still pretty fun. But maybe you have to pay a little bit extra to do this one extra thing over here. Understandable because it's a smaller studio and hey, you know, these guys are, you know, working for a living to try and bring you this (laughs) content. So I can respect that. But it would be laughable that AAA developers are taking umbrage to actually releasing a full completed game and not trying to nickel and dime the gamers and the customers with all these microtransactions if it weren't, you know, so rampant <laughs> in the last 15 years of, you know, modern gaming with these larger studios and developers. So it's kind of funny they're complaining about that. Also sad and frustrating.
0: Oh yeah, no, for sure. It is incredibly irritating that they're like, "Don't expect this level of game from us," and it's just like, I should be expecting this level of game for you. You guys, like, make me shell out so much money for this. You, I should be expecting this level of game.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it before. We on our other video game episodes, so it, it won't, you know, go through any worn territory again here. <laughs> But, I mean, it's refreshing that there are still studios out there who, at the expense of you know their own profits, because they could make more off of this thing if they really wanted to, are really trying to recreate that old school feel where you pay for a product, you get the full game, and you just have it. You can do as much with it as you want to, and it's not contingent upon you know especially for kids whether or not they have access to mom or dad's credit card which is great that's the way it should
0: be Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i can't sing the I, i can't sing the game's praises high enough you are just going to have to slog through some frustrating nonsensical obtuse mechanics they're there they are there they are in the game you just need to look for them. Now I mean that's that's going to be the drawback to a lot of people. This game is unlike other games. Uh-huh. It is got its own little breed, it's got its own little quirks and stuff like that. But you know, it's it's worth the time, it's worth the effort to play it and get involved in this world, the stories, and it is fun. Like I've done goofy things, I've done fun stuff um i was even late to getting onto this episode with jesse because i was in the middle of a battle um and i really wanted to like i was like i gotta finish this uh but i was nowhere close i was like all right i gotta stop i gotta stop and that's you know i've been up almost every single night uh this week until about i'll generously (laughs) say uh 1 a.m playing this game again and again and again and again because i was like oh this is I'm, I'm having so much fun here i'm having so much fun i want to keep playing well
1: i mean at least you aren't doing what certain teachers of ours did back in the day and just calling in sick to work for weeks at a time to play the game so
0: <laughs> a little more
1: respect to you there but, i don't know
0: i don't know what you're talking about jesse This seems like a perfectly respectable thing to do as an adult
1: oh yeah If you can swing it. But uh, <laughs> I would say that's great that it's sucked you in that much right off the bat. And even if you have to learn specific things, RPGs by their nature just always have either a level or a sequence or something about the game for whatever reason has Extraordinarily high level of difficulty to get past or to learn fairly early in the game. I remember when I played the first Mass Effect and you have to go and save Liara and there's a freaking Krogan that comes in and I got killed by that Krogan probably like 20 or 30 times before I finally beat that part. So, but too stubborn to lower the difficulty and do it that way. So, yeah, I don't. Really criticize them for that. I think there might be folks who get into this and you know, maybe think, and eh, this is a little too complex for me, and then move on to something else. But by that same token, I really do think this will probably the longer the word of mouth builds, and people start to, you know, more and more people hear about all the care and attention to detail that went into this, um, I think it has the chance to expand its audience as well and reach more and more people who may have been, and rightfully so, turned off by, you know, what they've been seeing from other AAA developers.
0: Yeah, I mean, this the quality game coming out of here is just amazing, and we should hold game studios to this standard, tri- especially AAA games. They this game, yes, was in development for three years, but there are other AAA games that are in development that same length of time and come out half as good as this. Uh, And that's being generous.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like always, you vote with your wallet for what you want to see. So if a game sucks and you still buy it, you can complain online as much as you want. They already have your money, so they're going to Keep doing what works, you know. Exactly. So um, I hope the I, game it sounds like the game's doing well, and I've heard it's been selling pretty oh. pretty darn well.
0: Oh yeah, gangbusters. Let's actually let me see here. Uh it's funny too because like the CEO told like the IT like team, like, hey, by the way, like when we release it, like expect to see like a hundred thousand people like tapping into the servers here or whatever. <laughs> um And clearly with their peak of over 800,000, that's a lot more. Um,
1: And they didn't crash at any point.
0: uh, Maybe they did. And maybe that's why it took me so long to get verified. But I think they, they, they were, I I bet the guy was like, oh, don't worry about it. And like the other people are like, we've sold, I bet some people are like, we've sold like millions of copies. (laughs) Prepare for a lot of people. (laughs) No Um, one's going home tonight. (laughs) Overtime across the board. Uh, so it looks like they've sold uh, 2.5 million copies during the prolonged early access period of this game. So. And remind me, how long was that
1: early access period? Three years. I mean, even so, 2.5 million across any time period is nothing to
0: sneeze at. So. No, I mean, that's. I mean, admittedly, that's, I think, what is big about this is that they. We're selling it in early access. You were able to play through a good like p- part of the first chapter, uh, first act, I think is a term. Um, but even things are different from like the two or three times that I played it. So they did change things up. They kind of shortened some parts. They made some parts longer, and it's, it's fun and cool. So, yeah. Well, I'm ex- I'm
1: happy for you, man, I and mean, I'm happy for fans of the franchise who stuck with it, who got to see something they love. You know not only return to its former glory, but reach new heights. You don't get to see that as often as you should with modern gaming. So good for you guys.
0: Yeah. And uh, just so you know, Jesse, uh, the PlayStation and Xbox versions of this game are coming out. Uh, Xbox is, I I haven't heard anything uh, as a few days ago when it was being released, but the PlayStation version of this is coming out. Uh, pretty shortly here. And actually, interestingly enough, the PlayStation um, version is coming out around the same time as uh, Microsoft's uh, Star... What is that? Star Citizen? Which is the big new science fiction uh, RPG that...
1: I mean, if you're asking me, I'm, I'm still in the PlayStation. Star... <laughs> so
0: Starfield is coming out on like the same day on Xbox that this is coming out on PlayStation. So it's interesting to see uh, competing like role playing games, open world role playing games, uh, battling each other. So, and single
1: player games,
0: too. Yeah. And, and I think what was it only like 10 years ago or something like that? Uh, EA games is just like single players are dead. Everyone wants multiplayer, 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 multiplayer. And all of the introverts in the world were like, no, please. Bye. Yeah
1: that was the biggest lie they sold us in our early twenties because once you're into your thirties, you're tired of like doing things (laughs) with people you don't know. You just want to
0: hang out by (laughs) yourself and have a good time. I literally, uh, so I've stopped playing overwatch just because blizzard has just shit the bed um, with that entire experience. So I've stopped playing completely, but like literally the most frustrating thing was just playing with randos online and, like, getting yelled at for, like, being like, you're stupid. I'm like, dude, it's quick play, man. Like, it's the casual version of this game. Chill the hell out. Yeah. Uh, and people are like, get on the point. You could have made that. And I was like, I was being shot in the face. You were in spawn. Don't act like you know what I was doing. Oh, oh yeah. It's, 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 it's a great time indeed. So, but, like, yeah, screw playing with people I don't know. I'd rather play with people I know or play by myself and everything that entails. It's interesting that that's the trend.
1: And I wonder if these games sell very well. And I mean, Baldur's Gate is already off to a great start. I'm assuming it will do pretty well on the consoles as well for all the people who are jealous that PC gamers got access to it first. But I guess we can suck it, right? Um, PC Master Race! (laughs) So it will be interesting to me if those games sell well on the consoles, Maybe this becomes more and more of a trend where, well, they're actually dedicating like annual or biannual releases to more single player RPG type games. It'd be impressive. It'd be nice to see, man. I I've played way too many old games because we haven't gotten enough like those in the last 10 years or so. So I, it would be nice to not feel like such an old man all the time. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't think playing new video games will make you feel like a young man, Jesse. But it can trick me into thinking I'm one for at least a couple hours here and there. <laughs> so. Fair. All right. I think we can wrap it up here. I got to get back to battles. About, you know, I got I to I get some real numbers on this game, Jesse. Yeah, you, you're
1: already behind and you spent an hour talking to me. So even more so. Right.
0: <laughs> Perfect. All right. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to Hit the Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Uh, We try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays. Uh, I have been bad over the last few weekends just because we've been doing so much and beginning them on Mondays. I apologize for that. But like I said, we try to do Saturdays. We try to do Sundays. It all depends on how much I'm doing that weekend. Uh, Hey, if we got something wrong or if I miss something, or hey, if you know where some of those like fancy really good items are email us at hit the real at gmail.com again that's hit the real podcast at gmail.com i would really like a much better sword for my person and fighter that can't seem to hit the broadside of a barn um it'd be really great uh and feel free to take a look at a patreon in the description of the episode we'd love the support like always hey keep it real